More resources available online at jenniferjackson.com. This is Simply for Women. Yes, it is. And, you know, mental health, it's one of those things that affects our children. It affects us as parents. And we're always talking about it. And today we have an expert with us, and I'm very excited to have her. Her name is Michelle Niedert, and she has a website. And you can go there to your mental health. No, your mental coach. Dot com. That's your mental com. Welcome back to the show, show Michelle. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you. And if you missed our episode on the previous show, you can go to jenniferjackson.com. That's right, jenniferjackson.com and listen to other parenting tips on mental health that Michelle left us with on our previous show. But welcome back. We're really glad to have you. Thanks so much. It is your mental health coach.com. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> I wrote it down wrong. Okay. Your mental health coach makes sense. Awesome. Your mental health coach.com. That is so perfect. And, you know, let's talk about this today. Let's talk about, I, w- I was thinking, what about the dinner table? I feel like the dinner table could be a place where we really can put those values and instill those times with our kids or answer their questions. What do you think about the dinner table? I think that is a great idea, but I think the first and primary goal of the dinner table needs to be connection. Getting to know your kids and spending some time listening to them. I I still love, my sister and I both used when our kids were little, we asked everybody to go around and share their sunshine and their cloud when the kids were little and then we changed it a little bit. But to share a really happy moment in their day and then a really frustrating moment in their day. And that gets us talking about emotions and that also lets us kind of intimacy is into me see. That lets us see into each other's lives. It's a great chance for you to use a teaching moment without lecture. Remember, our kids' attention spans are very short. (laughs) So you can even use your question to not only model your high or your low, but how you managed it. How short are their attention spans, and does that change as they get older? (laughs) You know, every child is different, Um, but I think the more we ask questions, I think that was something Jesus was so good at. He could teach through a question, you know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone, or, you know, he just was able to say something so briefly, even when he spoke. And so I think that's something sometimes kids dread the dinner table, and and one, I'm going to tell you two topics we really encourage parents to avoid at the dinner table. Okay. Grades mm. and chores. Because then your relationship's about performance, and you want to steer clear of that at the dinner table. Also, if kids get too stressed out, it can lead to some eating disorders because they're not able to eat when they're stressed. So we kind of want to stay away from really heavy topics and kind of stay not necessarily light, but positive and hopeful. So I do think it's a great opportunity to instill value, but I don't think it's the best time to correct because also we're usually doing that then with kids in front of their siblings, which could be considered a little shame-based. So we want to correct privately and praise publicly. So one of the other things that is really helpful to do is to, to, for every member in the family to go around and share an appreciation of something that they appreciate about one another. And that's another way, if you've had a rough day with the kids, maybe, you know, there's been the meltdowns on the floor or in the car, or maybe you felt like having a meltdown after a tough day of work, that sometimes even hearing from each other what we appreciate about each other, but it also trains our brains to look for the good. And we're living in a culture right now that isn't really working on that. You know, thank you so much. This is Michelle Niedert, and I am so happy to have you with us here today, a mental health counselor. Tell us about, with our kids, what what are the 
the kind of the no's or the the do's on devices. Can we talk about devices for a second? We can, but I may not be your best person because I am not a fan of no devices ever for kids until they're 18. What about at the table? Oh, at the table, Uh I'm a big fan of no devices. Okay. Absolutely. How how do you communicate that with them? Like, okay, do you have a basket on the table? Or how do you help kids to limit, I guess, to limit their devices? You know what? We don't even bring them to the table. This has not been a big issue in my family. But with families that have gotten in the habit of that, and I'll be honest with you, most of the time in the counseling center when we're dealing with this, the parents have not been good role models. Dad thinks he's entitled. Oh, what if there's a work thing? And so he's checking his phone. And, And I am a crisis counselor. We deal with suicides. And I can set my phone down for an hour. And I tell people, if I can do it, you can do it too. Nothing is that urgent that you have to be in contact all the time. When you and I were growing up, Jennifer, mm-hmm. there was no contact all the time. So I do think we need to stop the electronic leashes that we all carry, and we do want to ask them. So, yes, if you need to have containment, you can ask everybody to put it in a basket in a different area. But more importantly, I want to encourage parents to, we talk a lot about what the, getting those devices away from those kids I want to talk about how can you be so engaging with the kids, you're more attractive than a device. You know, that's so true. We told our sons, we said, we, we want to pay for your phone because we value communication. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. we've, we paid for their phones for what felt like forever. And we, to this day, are still glad that we made that decision because we wanted to communicate with them. And I remember a counselor friend of mine saying, you can text them more because they think through text. And mm-hmm. I, w- I had mm-hmm. to shift my thinking to realize, okay, with uh, a certain generations, it's good actually text that uh, lo- lengthy text because that's how they relate. And it's amazing how sometimes they would open up through a device. Have you found that to be true? Or what do you think about that? You know, I've got a 13 and a 16 year old. I completely find that to be true. But I also catch myself, Jennifer, sometimes I'll be like, hey, when you get home, da, 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 da. And then just like I'm a boss editing at work, running a staff, I think, oh, there was no greeting there. There was no positivity. So then I'm like, good morning. I love you. I hope you have a great day at school. First text. By the way, when you get home, do you think that you could get these done? That's I'm good. looking forward to seeing you tonight. So it changes sometimes what we write if we take a moment and we pause and we think about that. I also often ask my kids, um, I, a lot of times when they were younger, we when I put the car in reverse out of the driveway to go to elementary school, that I prayed for them. We talked. We talked about what do you what do we what do you need to be prayed for today? And we prayed for that. When we walked, we did that. I started teaching them prayer walking. As they've gotten older, they they love the silence in the car and the worship music and just you know bedtime. time. Um, sometimes they're a little anxious. Sometimes they're thinking about a quiz and they're kind of reviewing information in their mind. But I always ask them as they're walking out the door. I always because we want to do those greetings and partings well with our kids. Hey, what can I pray for you today? Is a great question to ask. And then I always say, I love you. I hope you make today great. And mm. something to that effect. And I think that's very, very important. But I will tell you on that, on that digital communication piece, my kids, 
don't aren't allowed their phones all the time during the school day, but they have like lunches and passing periods where they can look at them. So I try, and I'm kind of gotten weak at this again. This has been a good reminder to send them a message saying, thinking about you, praying for you now. I know you're in English. I hope you're having a, a good time there. And just letting them know that you're thinking about them and that you're praying for them. And I think that's so encouraging. I know I love to receive that kind of text. I try to send it to my husband occasionally um, and, or just something I appreciated, like, thanks for being so willing to do this this morning. Or I, I forget to take for granted. My kids get up on time all by themselves. And so a lot of times I'll now say to them, you know, in a text, I really appreciate the way I never have to go up there and find you and drag you down, you know. <laughs> oh, um, that's fantastic. As a I see struggles. We forget sometimes the things that our kids conquered. We need to celebrate those things, too. I think that's true. I, those are fantastic ideas. Thank you for helping us with those. Let, what about perspective? We have only two minutes left, but give us some per, perspective on like practical ways that we can help them when things aren't going as well or when they're upset. Are there things that we can do? Yes. One thing you can do is ask them on a scale of 1 to 10, how much is this bothering you and how much should this be bothering you? And have them kind of examine that. It's good for us to do that too. Also, breath prayers are a really good idea. And you can do this with your kids. Breathe in God's peace and breathe out your frustration if you're kind of hitting conflict. Breathe in God's love if they're worried and breathe out the worry. Really simple thing, but it resets the amygdala in our brain and allows us, it allows us a God-given way to get a fresh start. What about hugs? How, how important is physical touch in the different age groups? And how do you keep that fresh when they're like young teens and, and going in through high school? Well, I think we need to be respectful for that. I have one child who is the best hugger in the world, and I have one that doesn't appreciate that so much. But you know what she does love? She loves for me to touch her hand and, and kind of stroke it a little bit. She loves for me to rub her shoulders. Her neck gets real tight when she's stressed. So I also encourage parents. Beyond that physical touch, see if you can find a love language in there or a way to minister and bless them in that. And it may not be the hug you long for. She's more of a side hugger. She does turn her cheek towards me, and I always kiss it. And so that's another way to show affection. So I personally love a good hug, but all of us are made different. But I do think physical affection is important, and we need to figure out what our kids' language is there. That is so great. Michelle Nieder, thank you so much for being with us today. We've talked about a lot. We've talked about the dinner table, those hugs, sending positive texts and our devices. I really appreciate you being with us. And if you want to learn more from Michelle, you can go to yourmentalhealthcoach.com. Lots of goodies there. She also has a podcast, Raising Mentally Healthy Kids, and even interviewed John Townsend on there. So I know you're going to want to check that out. Thanks again, Michelle, for being with us. Well, I'm Jennifer. So great. I just love it. Um, and I, you have been listening to Simply for Women. I hope that you will do me a favor while you're on a break and go to jenniferjackson.com. That's right, jenniferjackson.com. You can listen to all the previous episodes. And I know you're going to want to go there and hear the previous show with Michelle because she talks about reading through her Bible in 90 days. Actually, audio Bible, but what a great idea. And I'm going to try that myself. Anyway, I'm Jennifer. Thanks for being with us, praying for you, and cheering you on as a parent. You're listening to Simply for Women. We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith. 
to hear today's show again or to share it with a friend, search Simply for Women wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit Jennifer's website at jenniferjackson.com. That's jenniferjackson.com. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be, simply be with God.